Welcome to Working Hoboken. Today, we're talking with Gary Spector. He's a New York City-based photographer and resident of Hoboken, and definitely someone you've seen on Halloween around town. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. Nice to be here. How you doing? Doing good. Good. Well, we're excited to have you in the earlier stages of our podcast, Working Hoboken, and we appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. So, Gary... People around town, and not just limited to town, people that flood here on Halloween will know you because you are the Halloween photographer if, you, if you've ever paraded down Bloomfield between 9th and 10th Streets in Hoboken on Halloween. You'll see a brownstone with a black backdrop and all of the kids and adults in costumes being photographed. And that photographer is you. That is... That is correct. That is me. How many years have you been doing that? Uh, this will be the eighth year. Uh, ninth year coming up. What inspired you to start doing this nine years ago? Um, you know, I've lived in this town for 38 years. That's really hard to wrap my it, mind around. Please, imagine my mind. Um, and... Uh, one of the things I've always noticed is that Halloween in Hoboken, it's almost like Mardi Gras. It's, it's a big festive event, lots of creativity, not just with kids, with adults as well. And I've always been looking for a personal, a personal project, a, a lot of personal projects. And this was one that I thought would just kind of fly well. So um, on a whim, I set up some lights, I set up a background, and I went outside with my camera and... First year, people didn't know what to think about it, but um, got a nice response. And then... There are people lined up the block now, waiting for their turn yes. to be photographed by you on Halloween. Now the line is usually about a half an hour to 45 minutes, and it goes two blocks long sometimes. Now, I know Hoboken Historical Museum did a retrospective of your Halloween photography, but where can a person see those photos now? Well, they can go to my website. GarySpector.com, um, where they have just, you know, some samples. Um, the site actually is in the process of being revamped, so there's going to be some new stuff on there. I haven't updated the Halloween project in about two years, um, so they could definitely see it there. And um, as far as out there, that's probably the best place to see it right now. Or to come visit you on <laughs> Halloween. Or definitely 2020. to come visit. Correct. Come see me on Halloween, get your picture taken. Um, that would be ideal. And then do you share the photos with the people who you photograph? I do. So if they get in touch with me, they will receive a digital file, a high-res digital file, um, free of charge. It's really generous of you. It's really, it's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you today. It's like you're one of those people in Hoboken who gives so generously of your creative talents. I mean, you are this New York City photographer, you've been doing it portrait photography for 30 years, and if you peruse your website, you see so many people that you would recognize immediately, and here you are just giving back to Hoboken and sharing 
this talent with people, something they can save forever? I don't really look at it that way, but I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. You know, I get something out of it too. They give it back to me as well. They're coming to my home. They're giving of themselves. They're allowing me to photograph them. I kind of feel like it's a, it's a nice sort of give and take relationship with Hoboken. I enjoy doing it. Um, I'm not looking to make money out of it. It's a nice little calling card for me as well. I've gotten jobs out of it, believe it or not. Creative people have come by. Um, so it's just kind of a nice thing that has been a part of my life now for eight years. And hopefully it's a nice part of other people's lives as well. It totally is. And it generates so much good energy. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. You have a studio? I do. Where is it located? It is on 35th Street in New York City. I've been there. Well, I've been in that studio for five years, but I've been in Manhattan for, it's, this is my 28th year having a studio in Manhattan. And did you um, start in Manhattan for a reason? Had you been living in the city prior to that? Nope. I've been living in Hoboken and have been living in Hoboken for 38 years. Um, most of my work is in New York and most of my clients are based in New York. It's really kind of where I have to be to get the work that I need to do and that I want to do. Um, I wish I could have a Hoboken studio, but I just don't think my clients would come here. Well, it's close enough that your Hoboken clients could jump over to New York City. That's the beauty of where we live, isn't it? Definitely. And so you're a people person and you love to shoot people. Um, do you like to shoot them mostly in the studio or on location? Is there a difference in the end result when you do those kinds of? Um, that's a good question. I think there's a, there's a difference. Um, you know, the studio is much more controlled. And I think you have a little bit less variables there. And I have more control with the lighting. I have more control with the backgrounds. I have more control over the entire feel of the shoot. When I go on location, which actually is the majority of my work, there's a lot of unknown variables. And a lot of the times it's sort of problem solving on the spot. So, you know, trying to find the ideal lighting situation, the ideal background, the ideal, you know, just overall environment. It's all part of it. And a lot of times when you put people, when you take people out of their natural environment and you put them in the studio, it's a little bit more contrived. But when, they're, when you're in their environment or you're in a neutral environment, you sometimes can get a little bit different result. Interesting. And when you started photography, you were working with film, weren't you? Indeed I was. <laughs> so when did you notice this change to digital when did it really affect your industry? So for me, it was probably about 15 years ago when I completely changed over to digital. Um, and it completely changed the way I do work. Uh, you know, A, just the expenses of it. You know, film is expensive. And um, you would shoot a lot less of a subject. So you kind of had to nail it in four or five rolls of film. Um, and if you didn't, you didn't. Digital doesn't matter. You can shoot thousands of images and you, you do a lot of times. You overshoot, I do, and you just kind of get carried away a little bit because it doesn't matter. You just can keep shooting and it's, uh, it sort of has freed up that whole process. Um, and the other part of it is, you know, I spend a lot of time on the computer as well. My editing process is very different than the way it was 15 years ago. So I 
I, I spent a lot of time in dark rooms uh, in my early part of my career. I haven't seen a dark room in 20 years almost. So do you think it's the same amount of time when you made that shift from dark room to your computer? Are you, do you think it's the same difference in terms of the n- number of hours you're sitting there or? No, I think it's way more now. Way more now. Yeah, I think I spend too much time in front of the computer. Uh, earlier when I, when I switched over to digital, I was sort of obsessed with making an image look perfect and I didn't have the skills to do that. So my retouching skills were really bad and it was a big learning process for me and it's still a learning process for me, but as programs got better and as I've gotten more educated, um, I've become a better retoucher and, um, and I've scaled that back quite a bit. So I hopefully make people look good, but natural. Mm-hmm. Well, I love your work and I love looking at your website to see your work because you have a really wide breadth of people that you've shot. It's kind of incredible. It looks like you've done a lot of music photography as well. So I started out uh, in the early part of my career doing a lot of music, a lot of rap, a lot of hip hop. Live performances or portraits of performers? Portraits of performers. Yeah. I did a lot of um, CD covers, album covers, which were still a thing way back in the day. And coming back. And coming back. Um, a lot of publicity shoots, and I was fortunate enough to get get in with Def Jam Records when they were starting to take off, and I did a lot of work with a lot of the other labels in New York, and I did that for a good 10 years, and then I sort of transitioned to other parts of portraiture. Did you always know you wanted to be a photographer? Kind of. I started doing, well, I was a yearbook photographer in high school. <laughs> And uh, we had a small little dark room in the school that I went to. And Where did I, you go to high school? In South Brunswick, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of in charge of the dark room there. And uh, yeah, I kind of did. I always thought that's what I wanted to do with my life. And I was, I've been doing it since I'm um, probably about 15. And then you studied, you were a photography major in college? I was. I went to the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan. And after that, I worked for several photographers for about, I'd say about four or five years, and then went out on my own when I was 28 years old. So what would you tell a a young budding photographer now, now that the industry's changed so drastically? Would you encourage someone interested in photography to become a photographer or? Uh, Sure. I mean, I would never not encourage someone to do what their passion is and what their dream is. I will say it is, it is changing rapidly. The technology is changing rapidly. The tools are changing. The way I took pictures 30 years ago is very, very different than the way people take photographs today. Um, but you know what? If your heart is into it and if it's what you love and it's what you believe in, then yeah, go for it. Uh, picture, pictures are never going away. The way we take them is going to change, but if it's in your heart, you got to go for it. Now, you raised a child in Hoboken with your wife, and you really dug in deep here. You've been here many years, and I know you, you love your community here. Can you tell me some of your favorite places to eat in town and <laughs> maybe your favorite block or... Where you park your car? Where do you look for parking spots? Well, that's a good question because right before I came here, I drove around for about 
20 minutes <laughs> looking for a a visitor side park parking spot, which I did not find because I have some family coming tonight. So parking, uh, living in Hoboken and looking for parking has probably taken about two or three years off of my life <laughs> in the 38 years that I've been here. Um, we bought our house about 23 years ago, and we were very fortunate that we were in that wave of early Hoboken investors, and we were able to buy our home, which we love, and we're very happy here. And we're on a great block, and uh, so we're very grateful and fortunate for that. Shout out to Bloomfield Street. Absolutely, between 9th and 10th. Um, you know, we, we try to give back to Hoboken as much as we can, so we do a lot of our local shopping here. Sure, we go out to all the local restaurants. Do I have a favorite? I don't, I don't know. We, we kind of try them all. Um, but we, we like to stay within walking distance, obviously, but everything is in w- within reasonable walking distance of anyone's home in Hoboken. How's your parallel parking? I'm a great parallel parker. I'm would very would good. you really put skin in the game, put your I money would. where the ma- your mouth I is? I would. I'll take a challenge from anybody. Would you take a challenge? Yeah. So Steve, our producer, yeah. um, is planning a little parallel park competition. Sign me up, Steve. Are you in? I'm in. Uh, you're saying this on a recorded That's okay. live situation. I'm in. I'm in. You're in? Yeah. Okay. Because Steve and I also feel very accomplished in this field. You're in? Oh, I am beyond in. Huh. I may be a better parallel parker than I am even a mom. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I may be a better parallel parker than I am a dad. Wow. It's, po- it's possible. All right. Yeah. Well, I challenge you. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think there, there, there are going to be a lot of participants in this one. Yeah, we have to set some ground rules, but um, it's a good idea. Yeah, well, Steve is saying that the, it shouldn't just be a park. It should be a search for a spot and a park. Great idea. But I feel like the, that should be like a different um, scale of point accumulation. Like, different skill set. Right? Like there may be a winner of the fastest park. Right. But the Well, one is finesse skill, and one is... Right, there's... there's you're, you're, you're correct. There's different levels of skill and finesse. Yeah. Um, you know, this, you, you, could, you could expand on this, too. If this, if this can become like a citywide competition, we mm-hmm. might be able to raise some money here. This could be something. For like a good cause. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. T-shirts. Think about the design possibilities for a parallel parked car hmm. in Hoboken. I am. There's a lot of possibilities. There could be some photography involved. There could be some, yes. We'll sign you up for that, too. I appreciate that. My pleasure. So (laughs) for people to view your work, they're going to GarySpector.com. That's O-R-S-P-E-C-T-O-R. Correct. O-R. O-R. And to, um, to contact you if someone's interested in getting some portraits of themselves or others done. They would look at your website or look you up on Instagram. Do you have? Um, I'm a little lax on my Instagram. That's uh, in the process. That's going to be coming together this year, Um, which there's no excuse for that being a photographer. I'm a little old school in that respect and uh, trying to embrace social media, which I've had a little bit of a hard time doing. But um, it's definitely in the plans for 2020. Great. And, uh, but they can go to my website, GarySpector.com. They could email me at uh, Gary at GarySpector.com. Um, you know, the work that I do to make a living is a little bit different than what I do personally. So uh, I'm a portrait photographer. That encompasses a lot of things. Um, 
professionally, I do a lot of corporate work. I do a lot of editorial work. Um, I'm a people photographer, so that encompasses a lot of stuff. Now, I would normally thank you for being on our podcast and wrap it up here, but you have so many great stories, and I'm not sure if if we have time for it or maybe this will not make it in the editing process, but could you tell us a quick story, Gary? You're full of great <laughs> stories. You have so many. Right. I have some personal favorites. You're putting me on the spot, and I don't know. I can't think of one right oh. now off the top of my well, head. I, I can even help you with that. Help me out. But I don't know if you're willing to tell the story. It depends on what you're helping me out All with. All right. And, and, you know, I also think that part of this podcast isn't just to highlight that we have access to so many talented people in our little mile square city. I mean, New York is amazing and I love New York. I'm a former New Yorker and it's in my heart. But I'm just constantly blown away by the brilliant creative souls that I come across here. And that's the inspiration for this podcast is, what do you mean you don't know X? Right. Because you live in town. You have to. Well, it also goes to show why all of us live in this town for as long as we've lived in this town. When I moved here 38 years ago, um, I thought I was here through college and then I'd be out of here. And I fell in love with the town and I fell in love with it for the exact same reasons that you just mentioned. So I never envisioned myself living here for as long as I have. And, uh, you know, I might be here Till the end. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not running away so fast. I think living in Hoboken isn't necessarily the most comfortable choice physically. Right. I think many of us could have done the suburban thing with a driveway and a backyard for the kids and a one-level house. Mm -hmm. um, but we all chose to push strollers with groceries and farm it, farmer's market bags and, and just schlep all over town. Um, it just is so much easier somewhere else. But there is a common thread, in my, in my opinion, here with the people that live here. And it's that we, we do live with a slight amount of discomfort because we all make the choice to live outside of our houses as well. Yeah, well put. You know, you, you like to go sit on a stoop or be in the park with your kids, and you like the haphazard meetings you have with people here. You may not want to plan every iota of your life in the suburbs. You don't see many people outside, so meetings are planned. So maybe we're all just not that kind of person. You like to kind of bop out, bump in, and see where it goes, right? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's ever a time where I walk down Washington Street and don't bump into somebody I know. Um, you know, you have to kind of factor that in. If you're doing some errands, you know you're going to bump into somebody. And if you're someone like me or someone like you, it's going to throw you back 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I can't go to the corner for milk. Right. My, my family knows when I say I'm running out for something. Yeah, they won't see you for an hour. Exactly. Yeah. And my kids say that I need to get my talkie-talkies out. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. So thanks for being here today with us. And uh, we'll get that story. We'll come up with some stories for a later time. I okay. feel like we covered a lot of ground today and it was so nice to talk. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for being on Working Hoboken. My pleasure. Steve, thanks for producing us. Thank you, Steve.